Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is the top 10 lessons from the past 10 years. So I chose to do this special episode in honor of my 35th birthday. And I'm actually going to be reading a letter that I wrote to myself a decade ago on my 25th birthday. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of a warning. It's a bit depressing because I wasn't happy back in the day. (laughs) I did not have love in my life. I had no clue what I wanted to do career-wise. And there was just a lot of stuff that was up in the air. And so I wanted to share a lesson from every single year since then with you to really inspire you to take action in your own life, to step outside of the box, to follow your heart, all the good stuff that I'm going to go into in just a second. And I just wanted to celebrate all of the growth and transformation I've personally had. And I recommend that you do the same. Every single day, we are growing and changing and getting better, becoming better versions of ourselves if we're doing the work. And that's what I've done over the past 10 years. And that's something to celebrate because it is not easy. So I hope you love this episode. It's really vulnerable. It's real. It goes into great detail around my story and how I came to do this work, start I Heart My Life, and ultimately become who I am today. So let's do it. All right. So the best place to start for this episode is for me to literally just read that letter that I wrote to myself when I turned 25. So here we go. October 2010. It's 4 a.m. and I can't sleep. Turning on my computer, I check out a few dating sites. There isn't much to do at this time of night, especially when you live alone. I quickly sign off when I start to get messages like, how come you're still up? Come to me in Battersea. And morning, ELO 11, looking good. Are you awake? I forgot that people can virtually see my presence on this particular site. Gross. Online dating is so weird. I never thought I'd be trying to meet someone this way. Standing up, I switch on my lights, lie on my bed, and rearrange my body into work position. Over the next hour, I consider another wave of career choices. Should I look for a part-time nanny job? It seems that that's all you can get with a psychology degree. And I weigh up my options for finding a new apartment. But wait, there's actually nothing I can afford. Never mind. My stomach starts to knot up and tears stream down my cheeks. My sadness increases with the realization that nothing seems to be going right in my life. I'm beyond overwhelmed. Thoughts of frustration and questions live in my mind. They seem to have taken up a permanent home there, and more than anything, I want them to go away. I'm so sick of feeling lost and confused. What do I want for my life? Certainly not this. I look around at the ugly, light-colored IKEA furniture that the rental agency chose to decorate this apartment. I barely own anything in this place. All of it is temporary and unsettled, fleeting, and it's all been used before. I want a place to call my own. I want to be able to afford the dark-colored furniture. Is that more expensive or something? I want a kitchen with an oven that isn't five feet away from my bed. I want a washing machine, a television, and a bathtub. I want a new home where I won't have to listen to the guy upstairs stomping around his room early in the morning or hear him peeing when he gets home from work every day. Oh, except Thursdays. He's off on Thursdays. I don't want vomit falling onto my bed at 1 a.m. after he decides to throw up out the window. I thought it was rain at first until I picked up my blanket and smelled it. And don't even get me started on my love life. I've scared off yet another man, this one only lasted two weeks, and have no other prospects. My ex won't speak to me, and he simply returned my clothes in the mail in a complete ball of mess. I don't know what I did to make him hate me. He didn't even write my surname on the address label. All it said was Emily. 
I guess I'm glad that everyone who has broken my heart did, since they weren't right for me anyway. But that doesn't mean I'm less lonely. I want to find him, the one, and go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. I've stood in front of it twice, but I never went up. I decided almost 10 years ago that I wouldn't take that magical elevator elevator ride up and look over the city of light until I was with the man I loved. That seemed like the perfect scenario to me. Little did I know, I'd still be waiting. As I blew out the candles on my cake at dinner, now eight hours ago, my wish was to find love this year. We'll see. I've made that wish every birthday since I can remember. Hoping things get better soon. Emily. Now, as you can see, that was a pretty depressing letter. I wasn't in a happy place. I was actually living in London in a tiny studio apartment, basically the size of a closet. I was online dating and desperate to find that person I was meant to spend my life with. I didn't have clarity around my career. I had not started my business. I was actually working as a nanny part-time and considering getting a second job. And I was just down in the dumps, as you can probably tell. Now, the reason I wanted to read that to you today, which, by the way, it's, it's a letter that's in the beginning of my book, um, I wanted to share that because I wanted to share where I was and the lessons I learned to get to the place where I am today. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I now run a seven-figure coaching company. I work with my husband. I live in Los Angeles, and my life is better than I could have imagined. Of course, there are still struggles. Of course, there are still challenges. Of course, I have so many goals. I can't even list all of them out. Of course, I still have next level um, things to achieve. But thinking about the person I was 10 years ago, it's like light years. They're completely different people. So I wanted to break down my top lessons from every single year that has passed in the last decade. All right, so let's dive into the lessons. The first one is from 2010. And it is always follow your heart. So for those of you who don't know, I was actually on this trajectory to live in Chicago, Illinois. I had applied to 12 different master's programs around the United States, and I decided I was going to get a degree in psychology. And at the time, I thought that was the right next step for me. But literally, as I was driving to find an apartment in the city, I had this feeling that it was not the right next step. And so I actually turned the car around and went back to Ohio and went full speed ahead into a quarter-life crisis. Now, I had no idea what I wanted to do instead of going forward with that master's degree in psychology, but I knew that my heart had led me in a different direction and that I had to just trust it. So I started to pay attention to other things that I had clarity on. Even if it wasn't my career, I knew that there were certain things that I did want. And one of those things was moving to London. Now, that was a completely random thing for the majority of my friends and family who who I shared that dream with because no one had really left Ohio in my family. They might have moved to you know Pennsylvania or somewhere close, but to move to a completely different country was it wasn't the norm. And I had no reason to want to live there. I didn't know anyone living in London. It truly was just a gut instinct. I had visited the town, the city uh, about a year before and fell in love with it. And had that feeling like, you know what, maybe there's something here for me. I don't know what it is, but I love London. I need to be here. And so in 2010, in August specifically, I moved to London. And that letter I just uh, read to you was written about two months after I moved. Actually, a little bit less, about five weeks after I moved. And obviously, it doesn't sound like I made the right decision (laughs) when you listen to that letter, but I truly did. 
And as I started to just move forward with my life in London, I did make more friends and I put myself out there in the online dating space, which I'll talk about in a second. And things started to transform and get better. But in the beginning, it was really hard, which you've obviously just heard. Um, But I still, I knew I needed to follow my heart. I knew that I needed to trust myself and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And looking back, I can only imagine how different my life would, would have been had I not followed my heart and moved to London, even though it was on a complete whim. And so I feel like just retrospectively, everything fell into place when I made that decision. And it truly was just a gut instinct. There was nothing to validate my feelings. There was nothing that would give me proof that this was going to work out. But because I trusted myself, the domino effect of that has been everything. That decision gave me my life. And that leads me to my next lesson from 2011, which was a year spent online dating. My lesson was putting yourself out there. So always put yourself out there. So like I said, I did tons of online dating. And the reason for that was when I moved to London, I felt like it was really challenging to make girlfriends. I didn't know if I was going to have to go up to people in a bar and a restaurant and ask if they would be my friend. And if that was the only way to make friends, I didn't really feel comfortable doing that. I wasn't working in a regular job. I was a nanny. And so I was working with a little boy. And obviously, that didn't leave me much um, opportunity to make friends. So I thought that I would just throw myself into the world of online dating, which is exactly what I did. I knew I wanted to meet somebody and I knew that there was that opportunity there. So I was actually on four different dating websites and I had a couple of semi-serious relationships. One ended in complete heartbreak. But in the end, uh, in the summer of 2011, I was on this cheesy online dating site called Click Tonight. And I had gotten a free trial through Facebook. There was a little Facebook ad. Facebook ads, I think, were brand new. It was the first one that I had actually seen. And I clicked on it, and it took me to this website where I got two weeks for free. And long story short, James, my husband, his friend had actually created this website. And it was originally designed to be, uh, basically, it was designed to be a database of the top parties and different happenings in London for singles but it turned into more of this dating site. And so James actually had a free subscription as well because his friend created it. And so both of us one night happened to be on this website. And as I said in that letter, I forgot that people could actually see when you were online. It told them your status. So I was signed in and I didn't actually know that I was signed in. But James saw me and he saw my picture. And we were one of the few people not without a profile picture that wasn't us in our underwear. We actually had normal clothes on. It had turned into a bit of a a gross dating site, to be honest. And um, he messaged me and I saw a message pop up and we were chatting and and ended up deciding to meet the very next day. And obviously things worked out and uh, we ended up getting married, which will come will lead me to my next lesson. But my, my point here is in 2011, it was all about me putting myself out there and taking risks. And it wasn't easy for me to be vulnerable and to, yeah, just be that vulnerable to have my name out there, to be on all these different profiles, to be open to meeting somebody in this way, especially in London, where I did meet some pretty crazy people. Um, I met some nice people, but also some crazy ones. So the experience wasn't always pleasant. But I'm so grateful that I put myself out there because honestly, just reading this letter It also made me realize that literally a year later, a year after I wrote this letter, I was standing on top of the Eiffel Tower 
And James and I were saying, I love you for the first time. So everything happened to us, happened for us really quickly. We were, we met in July. Two months later, on October 4th, 2011, we were standing on the top of the Eiffel Tower and I got my wish. And I'm just getting goosebumps here because I literally wrote down exactly what I wanted and it happened. So if you're in that space where you're craving that person in your life or you're craving something to transform, take the time, write it down, get clear on what it is that you actually want and set your intention. I also took massive action. On the day that I met James, I actually had two dates in the same day. That's how much I was putting myself into the dating game. I wanted to meet somebody. And I told everyone who I knew, if you know somebody, introduce them to me. You know, spread it around. I'm interested. And I think so often we are hesitant to speak our truth and share what it is that we actually want. We're hesitant to really put ourselves out there. But my encouragement for you is to move past that fear, step up, get clear about what you want and take that action. All right. The next year, 2012, my lesson was shoot for the stars. Now, James and I, like I said, everything happened really quickly with us. And there was a point in time where I was going to have to leave the UK because my visa situation changed. When I moved to the UK, I was on a student visa and they ended up changing the rules about halfway through um, the period of time when I was in grad school there. And it was going to be that I was able to stay after graduating, but then they changed it so that we had to go back to our hometown, our home country once we graduated versus automatically getting um, a work visa. So this was obviously devastating news with the fact that James and I had started dating and developed this really strong relationship. And so when I shared this with him, it was obvious to both of us, this was going to speed up our timeline. And we were okay with that. We were excited. So we actually got engaged in February of 2012 and then ended up planning a wedding for later that year. And when we were planning the wedding, I I knew I wanted to get married in London. We had a few venue ideas in mind. But there was a point where I said to James, I'm just going to email the people at the Ritz London. I'm just going to see what it costs to have a wedding there. And he was like, oh, no, there's absolutely no way that we could afford that. And James's dad was actually paying for the wedding in London, at least. And so, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to call them anyway. And so we set up a meeting. We actually got to meet them in person. It was as amazing as you can imagine. They gave us champagne, they gave us a tour and I was hooked. I was like, we have to make this happen. And as it turned out, they actually charge a lot less than we thought. They make most of their, their revenue and their money from hotel rooms. And so they're actually not as focused on the event side of things, at least not in that hotel. And so we were blown away by the fact that we could actually afford to have a wedding at the Ritz. And it was one of the most magical times of my life, getting to go there for the tastings and all the planning. And every time we went, they gave us a huge bottle of champagne. (laughs) And it was just incredible. And like I said, I remember James being so skeptical that we could actually do this. And he's actually not a skeptical person. but In his mind, he had this belief around what it would cost to get married at the Ritz. And the fact that I'm the type of person that always goes for some for for things, I always ask the questions, I never assume that I can't do it. That was a lesson that definitely transformed him as well. And so I would say, shoot for the stars and make it happen. Just ask the question, what is the worst that could happen? All right, let's move on to the next lesson from 2013. 
So here I, I debated about what to put here because this is actually the year that I discovered the world of coaching. And that was incredibly poignant for me. It was a moment my whole life changed course. But I also think that there's a better, a bigger lesson here. So during that time, I was also working as a matchmaker. And while I was in London, like I told you, I worked as a nanny for a bit. Then I got a job as an assistant to a business consultant. And then I got the matchmaking job. And my lesson here for 2013 is learn as much as you can. And I deliberately put that in there because I think so often we we forget about the different chapters of our lives that have contributed to where we are today. And I didn't realize that me working for small business owners was going to really help me as I move forward with my own business in the future. And so I would say if you're in a job right now, but you know you want to create your own income, you know you want to start your own business and it hasn't happened yet, learn as much as you possibly can from the role that you're in. Pick roles that are actually going to help you when you develop your business. So I work with coaches specifically most of the time. And I would say if you are in a nine to five job, why not find a job working as a coach in another company for the time being? So you can get your feet wet. You can learn the ins and outs of a small business. You can understand how to better work with clients. You can have more training and learn what it will really take for you to do what someone else is doing. And I think I didn't, I didn't recognize this at the time. I didn't recognize everything that I was learning from these amazing business owners and how it would impact me in the future. And so I would say that's one of my biggest lessons, just looking back and realizing, you know, what I was surrounded by and the opportunity that was there for me to grow as a future business owner and learn the lay of the land before I was even doing it. And then obviously another lesson I could add on here is keep your eyes wide open for what's to come. Because the only way I knew about coaching and coaching in the way that I do it now is because my best friend sent me an email with a link to Marie Forleo's website saying, I thought you'd love this. And that was it. And I decided that I was going to click on that link and dive into what coaching was all about and explore it, which leads me to my next lesson from 2014. So 2014 was an incredibly important year. It was the year of just starting (laughs) and taking action. So I started I Heart My Life. Um, well, I got the idea in 2013, but in 2014, I started the company. In March 2014, I actually launched the first website. We launched it again in May when I redeveloped it and put it on Squarespace and got some new photos, my first professional photos to, to be exact. And then in July 2014, I made a whopping $442. And around that time, I realized I could no longer do this on my own. I needed to get support to go to the next level. So I invested in working with a coach and everything started to change. So by October 2014, I'd made, uh, I'd had two 6K months and I was able to leave my job as a matchmaker. And from there, everything just sort of skyrocketed. I had my first 20K month, then my first 30K month and so on and so forth. And I really attribute that to just getting started. I remember around that time, I also did a program that Marie Forleo has. It's called B-School, and I didn't have the money for it, so I paid in installments. It was something like $197 a month or or something around that, and it was a big deal for me, but I I remember hearing her say time after time, she said, clarity comes from engagement, not from thinking about it, 
And so often those of us who are driven and we have a big dream, we're waiting for everything to be perfect. We're waiting to be crystal clear before we take the action. But that's not actually how it works. Clarity comes from being engaged in something and then you get the clarity. So when you're taking the action, everything becomes clear to you. And that was exactly what happened for me. So in the beginning, our work was very much centered around um, life coaching. And I was helping other women discover their purpose, discover what they were meant for. That's how I Hurt My Life came to be. It was for women to help them love themselves and their lives. But as my business started taking off, more and more business owners came to me and wondered how I did what I was doing. And so I started to see that there was a need for that support. Other people wanted to be coaches. They wanted to have a service-based business. They wanted to have a brand. And I had made it happen in a pretty short amount of time. And so I started working with business owners and it became so incredibly rewarding. And so my, my advice to you is to literally just get started. When we work with coaches and service-based business owners now, everyone wants to have a huge following before they get started. But the reality is that takes time to build. And the other reality is you have a network right there at your fingertips, your friends and your family. We have clients all the time who are filling up their books just through their current network before they even do any marketing, run any ads, put themselves out there. And that's what's possible for you. And I know that my mentality in the beginning was literally, why would I wait for anything? I'm just going to get started. I even decided to launch my first group program in December 2014, which, by the way, was meant to culminate in a live event. And one of my coaches thought I was absolutely crazy. She's like, you are not ready for a live event. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I decided to do it. And although we only had, I think we had 13 people in the program or 13 people showed up live. We had 25 people in the program. It was one of the best days. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can do this. I need to continue to trust myself and believe that I move at a rapid pace and that's okay. So lesson there is just start. So my next lesson in 2015 is keep traveling and don't miss the moment. So as I mentioned to you, I was a part of this group program in 2014. And what I discovered was that I was moving quicker than a lot of the people in the program. And my coach actually took notice of this. And she invited me to be a part of this next level program. Now, it was specifically to help people hit the seven-figure mark. And I had seen this program. She had emailed about it. But I didn't think that it was meant for me because I had literally just hit six figures. So I hit six figures in my first six months in business. Around that time, she emailed me saying, I think you're ready for this next level. And I was like, yeah, right. This is not right for me. I'm not even 30 years old yet. What would I, I don't, how would I make seven figures? That doesn't make sense to me. But because she saw something in me, I adopted her belief in me as my own. And I decided to just have the conversation and thought, you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? I'd love to chat with her about this. It's amazing that she sees something in me. And so this opportunity was a year-long experience. It included multiple trips. It included mentorship from her directly. And so I said yes to it. Although it was $120,000 to do this program, and I had literally just made six figures, I said yes. And so I hustled and worked my little booty off in January 2015 to make this payment. The deposit itself was $30,000. And I didn't know how I was going to make that money. The month Prior in December 2014, I had made $30,000, but that was it. And obviously that went back to into the business and it, I used it to pay off some of the debts that I had, used it to pay for my life. 
And so to think that I could have a $30,000 surplus somehow, (laughs) literally having just started about seven months earlier, was a little bit crazy. But I kept the faith and I put myself out there. I raised my prices. I offered, um, I sold one-on-one spots. I um, scheduled some VIP intensives when I was going to be traveling. And so I made it happen and invested in this program, which was a huge up level, but I made $83,000 in January 2015 alone. And so I showed myself what I was capable of. And I saw that the belief that my coach had in me was accurate and that I could do this. And so what happened next was, you know, that year we moved full speed ahead into this program. And because everything, because there were so many um, trips associated with it, I was traveling a lot. So the first place that I went was Australia, which I'm going to back up a little bit before I go into the rest of the locations I visited. Um, Back in September, when I joined the initial program, the coach who I spoke to on the phone, who was helping me make the decision, she told me that there were all these different events that were associated with the program. And I said to her, okay, well, where are they? And she listed off a couple in the United States and one was in Paris. And I was living in London at the time. And then she said, well, there's also one in Australia. And I said to her, oh, well, I won't be able to make that. That's, that's way too far. And she said, well, you haven't even started yet. It's not for six more months. Let's not rule it out. Let's see where you're at around that time and go from there. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So fast forward to February and March, 2015, and I was able to go to Australia. And not only did I go to Australia, but I also went to Bali for the experience that was associated with the next level program I was in. So I was away for three and a half weeks. It's the longest James and I have ever been apart. So I did Bali, I did Australia, I went to Los Angeles, I went to Paris, I went to New York, I went to Italy. And all of these places were just absolutely incredible. But I was working so hard and I had taken on so many clients that I barely remember any of it. And I know that's really hard for me to admit. (laughs) It's really sad thinking about it. But if I could go back and share something with myself, it would be to not miss the moment. Keep traveling, but don't miss the moment. And remember that your life is happening right now and you don't want to miss it, right? Don't blink. We don't want to miss it. And so although, of course, I'm always enthralled in my work and I love what I do, I could have kind of picked my head up from the computer and actually enjoyed those experiences. And I can't wait to go back to Bali one day. I absolutely loved it. That place in particular is so magical. But I think so often when we're so tunnel visioned and we have this focus, we forget that our life is happening right now. And so I would say keep traveling and also don't miss the moment. All right. My next tip from 2016 is to feel the fear and do it anyway. So I did a ton of things. I mean, the past 10 years, it's been like fear after fear after fear, action after action after action. I do not let fear stop me. Every step of the way, fear has been there. And I'm sharing that with you because I know so many of you are listening to this and you're like, oh, well, she's probably really courageous. She's probably more confident than me. But that's not true at all. I remember when I first filmed my my first video series for our iHeart coaching program, it was like the worst two days of my life. It was so challenging to be on video. It was challenging to host my first events, like I told you. It was challenging to put myself out there in the media. It was challenging to um, do everything, to launch new programs, to work with more clients, to raise my prices. 
But that year in particular, I feel like I really grew and I started to find my stride, but also consistently up level. And so I would really ask yourself right now, are you in this place where you are feeling fear and not only feeling that fear, but you're allowing it to stop you from taking that action? Are you allowing it to stop you from getting what it is that you actually want? And I know one of the things that James and I chose to do that year in particular is to actually take a trip with some of our friends And we went to San Diego. We also, I believe, went to Vail that year, which was absolutely magical. And we went to um, Brendan Burchard's Mastermind event. And that was really pivotal for me as well, because one of the the things that I told James when we went was that I was only going to give it a day. It was a four-day experience, but I said, I'll give it a day. And I ended up being completely hooked (laughs) on Brendan Burchard's uh, work and his energy. So much so that on, I think it was like the third night we got this little invitation to be a part of his mastermind. I remember going up to the hotel room with James and literally filling out this form, but also feeling like I was going to throw up because I think it was like 30 grand each. We had not um, been prepared to to sign up for a mastermind. We didn't know that we were going to do this, but both of us felt like we needed to be in it. Around that same time, we also signed up to go to this thing called the Titan Summit in Zurich. And that was, again, just like this this feeling of fear, but knowing that I needed to do it and needed to be in that room. And so there were many instances of that over the span of 2016 that really just propelled us forward and helped me to trust myself and recognize that fear doesn't mean stop. Fear just means you're about to do something big. You're about to do something different. Um, you're about to up-level And honestly, isn't that what we're all here to do? If we didn't feel the fear, then we would know that we're not actually stretching ourselves far enough. We're not actually taking that leap. We're not actually flying as as high as we possibly can. So feel the fear and do it anyway. So that leads me to the lesson from 2017. Challenge is a gift. Now, believe me, I never thought I would be here recording a podcast episode telling you that challenge is a gift. I never thought that, but I've seen it firsthand over the past few years. Now, one of my biggest challenges in 2017 was moving through an experience I had with some of my clients leaving one of our programs, and they left all together all at once, and it was absolutely horrible. You can read about it in my book, (laughs) Um, and it resulted in a $100,000 loss for my company. And what happened during that time was I completely took their exit personally. And I, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to move through the challenge and see the positives. I didn't know how to take emotion out of it. And because of that experience, a lot of incredible things happened. So number one, James and I became even closer. Number two, my coach supported us in such a beautiful way. Number three, I learned so much more about financials and about making sure your business is set up for success. Number four, I learned about taking emotion out of it. Number five, I got stronger. I could go on and on and on. And so what happens when we go through a challenge, especially those of us who are really heart-centered, we're really driven, we really care about our business, we see it as a negative. And we forget that challenge, just like lifting weights or something else that makes us stronger, it really increases our capacity to go to the next level. I know that I've shared this here before, but there have been tons of quotes, um, one from Kevin Hart uh, in particular, that really spoke to me about challenge. And he basically said, 
He knows that the harder the chapter in his life, the harder the experience, that must mean there's something really great on the other side. And I didn't get that as I was going through this initial challenge in 2017, but I do now. And so now to this day, when I'm going through a challenge, I can actually look at it in the moment and be like, you know what? There's something for me on the other side. Thank you for this challenge and even show gratitude for it. And so that would be my recommendation for you is really think about what's coming up for you in your life. Are there any challenges that are happening and what could be the benefits of those challenges? Because when we're able to see the silver lining, when we're able to have gratitude for the challenge in the moment, it actually makes it much easier to move through and get to the other side. So we get there quicker. All right. My lesson from 2018 is to be vulnerable. So I know this is a big word that people throw around, especially in the coaching space, especially in the marketing space, all of that. Um, But it really is true. People are not looking for perfect. And so around that time, I actually, at the beginning of 2018 specifically, I actually was approached by Hay House to write a book for them. And I was really excited to have this opportunity. And I started to write it. I actually um, went to Italy, to Florence, to, to write this book. And it was really easy for me to pour everything out onto the pages and to just get it all out there into this first draft. Now, editing is a different story, but that's not the point of this lesson. <laughs> My lesson is I was really tripped up on how much I should actually share about my personal challenges. And I ultimately realized that this book, I couldn't do justice to this book if I wasn't completely transparent and open about my challenges and the experiences that I had in business that weren't, you know, rosy, that weren't um, perfect. And I needed to be vulnerable so that others understood that when they went through something that I went through, they weren't alone and there wasn't anything wrong with them. It's just that sometimes life is messy. And so I was really honest about the experience I just shared uh, about the clients leaving the program. I was honest about my mindset struggles. I was honest about jealousy and about fear. I was honest about how challenging it is to release certain people from your life who aren't aligned to your vision. And so through that book, I was able to be more open and more importantly, recognize that it's safe to be open and people actually desire for you to be open. It'll build that connection even more when you are vulnerable. It's the same thing with your friendships. If you have a wall up, people can't get to know you. They feel like you're unapproachable and it's the same thing in your business. All right. Finally, the 10th lesson brings us to 2019. That is to be grateful. So when I first arrived in London, one of the things that I realized after working with a coach, um, I actually worked with somebody in a place called the Happiness Clinic, (laughs) was that I could control my thoughts and that I didn't have to believe everything my mind told me. And I also learned that gratitude was the answer to everything I was searching for. If I wanted to transform my life, I had to start to look at the bright side. I had to look at what was working even amidst those challenging times. I had to remind myself on a daily basis what was working. And so one of the things that I learned in 2019, for sure, was to be grateful and to recognize that everything is happening for us in our lives. And so when we look at things from that perspective, even the challenge, even the the difficult moments, we can believe and trust that they are happening for us and express gratitude. So I realized that, you know, back when I was 10 years old, we actually, um, my siblings and I, we got to decide what sort of trip we wanted to take with our dad. And I chose to go to LA. 
And so in 2019, James and I actually came full circle and ended up moving to LA. I'd always had this obsession with California and, you know, it, it played out in my real life. And so I was super grateful that I had the opportunity to move to LA. I had started this business where I could truly live anywhere in the world. I had an amazing husband who worked with me in the business and was so passionate about my dreams, just like they were his own. I had a team that I was building. I had clients. I had opportunities. And I really just started to realize that there was so many, there were so many gifts that I wasn't acknowledging. There were so many things that I were taking, was taking for granted. And I really shift into that gratitude and be more present and recognize that life, recognizing that life is always working in our favor. So I hope that resonates with you as well. I know that especially this year, it's, it's been very challenging for a lot of people and I felt it. I felt it as well. I, trust me. <laughs> And we all need to recognize, though, what it is that we have, what exists here, what um, this challenge is doing for us, and remember that life works in our favor. So I hope you love these top 10 lessons. Um, I know they're very self-indulgent, but I always like to pass on what I've learned over the years. Uh, challenge truly has been a gift. It's been our, my greatest gift. And I know that for those of you listening, you're probably driven, you want everything, you want to be able to move forward, you want things to happen quickly. And I hope you know that that one of my greatest lessons, you know, in addition to everything I've just shared is to just trust, trust that your life is happening and unfolding as it's meant to, and that you've totally got this, you are stronger than you think. Everything is happening for you. And you can do this, you can make your dreams a reality. So thank you for listening. I hope you loved today's episode. As you can probably tell, I did not transform my life alone. So if you were looking for that support system in your life, you deserve it. You deserve to be fully supported. We are here to help you. Go ahead and book a call with our team at iheartmylifebooking.com to learn more about all the ways you can work with us. Talk to you soon. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.